You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by The Hartford. Welcome back to another episode of Small Biz Ahead. This is John Anaconis. I am back with Gene Marks. Hello, Gene. Hi, John. We're talking about employees today, aren't we? We are. We're talking about how to keep a staff motivated and yeah. retain them, especially when there is a labor shortage. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about there. And I, I, I got to pre- preamble this conversation of just saying that uh, I I actually do like a, like a radio show with this other guy, and he always accuses me of always being so negative on employees. And I want to be clear, I am not negative on employees at all. But it's just my my aspect of all these conversations is as a business owner. So I'm, I like to talk about what can we do to be fair to employees, but also to be fair to employers as well. So I think that's fair. And I can speak from the employee perspective as yes. both someone who has led as an employee and been led in the past couple One years. of the hardest working employees at the Hartford. So oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I guess first thing, you know, when you think about motivation, we we tend to talk a lot about, I think, company culture and pay and benefits, which I think are all parts of things. Right. I think that those expectations have risen over the past couple of years. And I think employers have gone way above and beyond to they have to kind of address them. Right. Um, But I think it's it's time for a like a level set. Right. So I think maybe start just with uh, with like time off. You know, we've gone through these like yo-yos of. Have we gone too far with all this you know, four-day work? Because from the employee perspective and I'm the employer perspective, what's your take on four-day work weeks? It's a hot topic. So I feel like whenever you put the system in place for for everyone, there's someone who's not going to work out with it, right? And either, either because it doesn't make sense for them the composition of the company workforce, maybe it doesn't make sense for the company. So I, I think you got to be careful with all of those absolutes. And I think I had an experience recently where I actually had to use a lot of time. So te- I tend to be someone who never uses the time off that I'm given. And I give a lot back at the end of the year, which is funny because I feel like that's a polarizing concept. You know, yeah. y'all get criticism on both sides for yeah. that. It's kind of like, it's your time. You should use it. Yeah. I, I it's don't, a mental health issue, the whole, right? Yeah. Right. And I, I don't personally look at it that way. So one, I'll own the fact that I, I'm probably not the norm when it comes to work life separation. And I don't say that from a balanced side, but I'm a person who, who gets a lot of pleasure from the job or jobs that I do. Like sure. I look like work is part of my DNA kind of gets me wired. It gets me going. Yeah. Um, and your work day isn't like a nine to five work day anyway. I mean, it's, it varies in. Right. And there's times where I work multiple jobs. Like yeah. it's just, it's the, the, the notion of producing something so, is what gets me excited. So right? the four day work week for like a guy like you is kind of irrelevant because for, you, you've got I would do something else. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I wouldn't, I'm not like the sit down and, and stop kind of person. So I don't mind like, you, you know, and you, people talk about unlimited vacation. I think that's kind of a weird one too. Yeah. But what I have noticed recently, and I think I can finally articulate it better, is the notion of flexibility in general yes. has been really important. Yes. So I, I had some family health issues lately. I, I've needed to be absent for a while. And it was without a question that I had the time that I needed to take care of things that took a, a massive demand on, on kind yes. of my person. I had the, the team around me to kind of carry it through. Like, I could never be more grateful for that. But that wasn't because of a policy or cultural decision or, or something to, or I should say benefit. Decision. I disagree. Yes, it was. I, I, I think, I think the, the Hartford have their vacation and their PTO policies. 
they have a, a culture of a, of a team culture here. You went through some deeply you know, hard stuff. The company's benefits allowed you to take the time off that you needed and the company's culture provided you with people. I mean, I saw you, you know, talking to Sarah before this conversation with, you know, about the support she was providing. She's a colleague of yours and a fellow employee. So I do think that's important for a company to provide those things for their employees. And, and by the way, I will also say to you that I know this is fairly recent, but like months from now, you will look back and you will be like, I am, I am really appreciative of. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I think I, I didn't mean called. So I should have said benefits, it's okay. but I, I, my kind of point on that is I, I don't think I can even express the amount of appreciation okay. and gratitude I have for, for these folks. But I think it was because of the notion of flexibility. It wasn't because it was X amount of day. I mean, I, I used my time, but like, had that been, I think a, a defined thing or not, I think the culture would have figured out a way to kind of like give the access. Right. So I say that because I don't know if it's really about, do you need to have unlimited time off? Do you need to compete with the most days? Or is it just like, we're going to work with you at an individual level to make sure you have what you need? Okay. And so a couple comments on that. Cause again, this is for small business owners that are listening to this, right? One of the biggest advantages that you have as a small business versus the Hartford, which is a big business is that you can allow more flexibility with your employees and it doesn't necessarily have to be by the book. You know, it can be based on an employee situation or something that they're going through. And that that's a cultural thing is so you don't have to have an official four day work week policy. You have to buy into some of these narratives that you've got to have this kind of program or that program. It's a matter of just providing, like you just said, John, like you come and work for me. We're flexible. Okay. You need to take time off. You have personal issues or whatever, you know, are, are, you know, if, if you need to take certain, you've just even like for time for vacation, your supervisor is okay with that. We're, we can be okay with that. You know, I think that's a big plus for working for a small business. I think so too. And I think, you know, it, even if you're managing in a larger small business, right, where you might not have that kind of direct yeah. relationship with every single person. Yeah. I th but I think it's a, a, a mutual obligation, right? Yeah. So I think that that's where it comes to, to me, it all starts with the hiring. Yeah. Because you need the person who's going to kind of complete the transaction. Yeah. So, if, you know, if you think of the relationship like a debit account, eventually if you take all the money, I think there's nothing left. Right. right. So you kind of have to be able to put things in as you take things out. Right. And I think that part of it is, you know, you, you build up the credibility, the, the trust, the, the ability to get your job done over time, you get more flexibility. And that might be kind of old fashioned. I do think the employer has an obligation to understand that there's probably much less separation and formality between work and life the yes. way there have been historically, because the rest of the institutions we have right now have not fully gone back to where we were saying like 2010, right? right? Like the, the world functions differently. It is a different workplace right now. Um, so I have a couple of questions for you. First of all, you just mentioned earlier about you thought that like unlimited paid time off is kind of like a weird Right. I mean, you, you, you said that, right? I yeah. Mean, why? I, so I think it goes back to labels, right? So you can't give someone 365 days of paid time off because that implies they're not working 365 days, but getting paid. Okay. I think it's the notion of flexibility. So okay. you can get your job done. It, like if we're paying for the job versus yes. the hours, right? If you can think about it that way. And that's the, that's what's behind the four day work week. Right. You know, concept, right? And then it could be a two day one, but for some people that might be a seven day one. Yeah. Because to be honest, there's some parts of the year maybe where I'd like to work half days, seven days a week yeah. and then be done at noon every day. Cause I have other things to do, you know, and I'm happy to work a Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Right? I, I don't think that most people probably feel that way anymore. 
But I think you also have to kind of think about your industry and the nature and like, can you be closed for a day? So I think about this is an interesting one, more from the customer side. I had to run an errand the other day. It was a, a national chain store. They close for lunch. Apparently part part of the store closes for lunch from 1.30 to 2. Okay. I was unaware of that. Right. You know, but I also didn't research because <laughs> I thought the store was open. Right. I couldn't get the one thing that I needed in the half hour, so I had to come back. Right. But I see six people behind the counter. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I could I could get that if it was a, a single, like, you need to let someone take a break. Yeah. But there's also multiple people. Yeah, it's like, come on, guys. That, right? Where you could schedule more effectively. Yeah. So now you're not negatively impacting the customer. Right. And I, I wonder, I don't know, but part of me, I'm like, well, maybe this is like an employee cultural play. Like, we're going to reward and give you this time to be together. But I'm like, most people don't want to sit down and have lunch together every day <laughs> or at the same time. And right. are they all coming at the same time? Right. It didn't feel like that. This is a 24-hour thing. So, like, I'm assuming they're staggered chips. Right. They don't close for dinner. So it just, it felt like a, a little bit of a performative act. And I think that's where we get into the risk in a lot of kind of benefits conversations. I shouldn't even say benefits. I should say perks, right? Okay. Because they're they're meant to appease what people say they want. Yes. But is that what they actually want? Right. So if you think about like wedding planning, right? Like right. It's a trend of burlap, people come in like, oh, I want burlap napkins at my wedding. It's like, I know you think you want that, but have you ever wiped <laughs> your face with burlap? You know, no. Have you ever smelt it? No. Right. You want something textured and soft and that well, looks like it. People so. say they want like un- like unlimited paid time off. You know, you say that to a, you know, an employee like, oh, wow, that's like it sounds like an incredible perk to have at a company. And then like studies have shown that like companies like Facebook did this big study that like they started implementing like unlimited paid time off. And they found out their employees were taking less right. time off than, you know, because it's like getting back to what you said. It's like what people say that they want, but then what they actually it's not necessarily what they want. And it's perception versus reality. Yeah. Right? Like if you are thinking, if you're in a state that has like a crude paid time off and in, in your mind, it's something that you earned, mm. right? Like I've earned these five days. Mm. And the only way I will realize the value of five days is if I take them away from work, then I think people are more apt to use them. Yes. Because it's like money yeah. they're leaving on the table. Yes. It's right? like a flex spending account. That right. If you don't use it, lose it. And and there might be worlds where it makes more sense to offer like a partial buyout or a right. rollover or kind of like save your days for like a big vacation one. Right. Take, right. Like I think people's lives change every day, let alone every but year. Don't, don't you think if you're an employer and you're a small employer and you you say to a prospective employee, we offer an unlimited pay time off plan. Don't, you know, And again, everybody's desperate for employees. Don't you think that that's like a. Selling point? I mean, I think it's a selling point. I would reposition it though if I was talking. So if it was my business, I would say like, "Hey, we don't have a maximum on the days you can take off. Okay. If you need flexibility in your schedule, we'll talk about that and we'll work through it, right? Because I think there needs to be some parameter on what that means, right? Because you still have a business to operate, and this person still needs to know what to expect. So I've got a couple comments on that. So I mean, I have clients that have unlimited PTO plans. Um, they've learned a couple things. Number one is is that. Uh, you got multiple PTO plans at a company. It doesn't have to be. So like you come and join us, you work for us for two years, you might be eligible to join our unlimited PTO plan. So it's sort of like a carrot that you hang out there. They all make it where you can't take time off unless it's approved by your supervisor. So we're saying it's unlimited PTO, but don't come to me and say like, oh, I'm going to go surfing in New Zealand for the next six months. You know, like the supervisor's got to approve the time off to make sure that it aligns with the business's, you know, priorities. Does that make sense? It, it makes sense, but that's where I think you're kind of... Going back on the unlimited PTO right. thing, right? So yeah. like... So there is like a deceiving, a yeah. potential deceptive so you know, part of that. So theoretically, like if I work in a, in a world where like, three months out of the year, I'm just kind of going through the motions. Yeah. Should that job be scoped the way it is? Right. 
Right. Right. And, and maybe yes, you know, but but if I could be gone for three months, nobody notices, then good on me for figuring out how to do that as yeah. an employee. Right. And then awesome. Like, that's what you're offering as the employer. But I think when you start to say things, because they sound like the right cultural thing to say, but then like kind of the hidden terms and conditions. Yeah. Like, just be transparent. Like, yeah. I, if I was looking for a job and someone's like, hey, we don't really have a max on PTO days, you know, um, because as long as you let your manager know and we can work around it, like we're good. Yeah. That's the same thing, but you're setting the expectation I fairly. See. So you're not then like dealing with a, a blowback of like, well, I'm going to go leave and get somewhere else because yeah. I thought I had this. So I think it comes back with really kind of being fair and honest. Working from home. We were actually, you and I were talking about this before we started recording or whatever, but um, just generally, give me your thoughts. On, I mean, everybody has got thoughts on working from home you're an employee of a big company with very generous, you know, you know, you know, programs and perks, or whatever. Um, you know, if you were running your own business, what what would be your thoughts as far as a work from home policy for your employees? I go back and forth on it per- personally. Okay. So this is me. Speaking Just you as me. speaking. Right. <clears throat> I think that the Hartford's actually been really generous to your point and, and very flexible. Yes. A lot of people kind of been able to pick what works best. I think everyone's kind of been able to pick what's first. Eh. Works best for them. That part out. <laughs> I think we get the point. Yeah. So this is me speaking as me, but I um I think it depends on one your industry. Like, are you in an industry where people can work from home? True. You can't really host at a restaurant or bartend from home. Um, <laughs> I think in some instances it makes a lot of sense. You know, I think that if you're in a role where it's a individual contributor based role and you don't really need to interact with people or, or everything can kind of be done is usually over the phone. Like, yeah, great. Go for it. That doesn't impact, you know, kind of your, your bigger operations. I do think that we need to be better about balance and what that means and rigor around when we talk about hybrid workplaces. Right. So I think that people who've really found it easiest from, from my experience and people I talk to are people who've gone full, full remote or, are in office. And when I say people, I mean like the business owners or businesses who have kind of adopted a one or the other. So wait, so are you saying that either you're either all in on full remote or full in the office and with, with no in between, like that's preferable to you than like, say like a hybrid approach? Yeah. So I, I, that's I, interesting. I don't know that it's preferable, but I feel like those are the two who figured it out because they're a little bit more absolute. So mm. when they build in like rules and procedures and operating routines, right? Like they're kind of doing something that makes sense for everyone in those roles. Makes sense. Okay. Doesn't mean that it works for everybody, but right. it means like you, you can have a set of norms when you're in office and right. norms when you're fully remote. I think where people are still struggling are in these kind of hybrid worlds. So I think the universal belief and, and kind of what people purport is that we want you to work where you're more productive and more efficient and what works best for you. So I, I you know, it's funny that you bring, it's funny because I, I've been talking about how like, you know, most of my clients are doing something hybrid and uh, this gets back to the PTO thing and the unlimited PTO thing. And you're making me think that people want rules to follow. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a human nature thing. You know, we might rebel against them. But we want rules. And when you leave the choice up to people, it tends to create more stress, you know? I think, yeah. So I think there's a whole <laughs> bunch that goes into it, especially in the hybrid world. Yeah. Right? So I think there's things that are, whether real or imagined, are believed to happen when you're in person. So there was a lot of conversation around like pay equity and promotional, th- right at the beginning of the pandemic. Those were big kind of news yeah. cycle things. Right. Like, can you advance your career if you're not present and people are? And how do you now give people who who chose in most instances to work remote 
in-office level of engagement or experience. And we put the ownership of that task on like the business leaders and institutions and decision makers. And I don't know that that's right or wrong, yep. but I also feel like as a human, if I make a choice, then I have an obligation to make that choice work yes. if I'm given the opportunity to make it. And I feel like that's where there's still kind of this like seesaw happening in these hybrid cultures of, can you, like, can you be equitable? Like, is my question because I don't, I don't know that you can't, I think you can do things to be more equal, but if you're in a situation where there's people at home and people in a room, you're going to get hallway chatter from the people who are walking down the hallway yes. together. And I don't know the way to say that for someone who's working remote in that instance or make them feel more included. You know, if you're in a conference room or like at a meeting location or a co-working space and one person is gone, but now the expectation is that everybody feels like a camera square. It's like, you know, yeah. the tiles. Yeah. Just for that one person. Right. Because right. now you have three people sitting at a table yeah. that are not even looking at each other because they're trying to interact through a device. So right. you almost lose the effectiveness of right. the reasons, which would make the argument, should everything be full remote? Right. But then you start talking about like time management, yeah. right? There's a benefit to being able to walk by someone's office or pop in and say, hey, I have a quick question for you. I'm going to drop this by versus let me schedule a formal meeting 30 minutes two weeks from now, because now everything has to be calendared because we don't know where anyone is, Right. you know, where you do, you lose some of that kind of in-person, you know, interaction. And I don't know the way to solve that. And I, I I'm think, speaking as someone who tends to be more of an in-office person. Yeah. As am I, but you hear it from the other side too. And I don't, I don't know how you project. I that. think, you know, first of all, you know, everything is, I've learned everything is, it depends, right? <laughs> you know, because right, yeah. it depends on the person. There are some people that can work great remotely. There are some people that are terrible working from home and then the same thing, you know, in the office. And I, you know, what I'm seeing, you know, is that people that are doing these hybrid solutions, that the more they leave the choice up to the employees, the more trouble that they get into because then they have the one person that's not there. They chose to take that time right. working from home when three other people are in the office. So it almost seems like you have to establish set rules you you have to balance. You're not going to please everybody, but you know you're saying okay, yeah, we're going to have a hybrid environment. So you know Monday and you know Fridays are a day, but everybody's got to be in the office on these days, whether you like it or not. That's just what we're going to do. So that way, if you want to have meetings, you want to do things face to face. That's what it is. So maybe it's just heading in that direction of just being you know where you're having a hybrid, but with just more with more stringent rules around them. You no, know, I agree. I think you do kind of have to set the 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 kind of lanes. Right. And, and some think, people are going to complain. Right. And, know, but people are going to complain about, about anything. You know, you go full remote and someone likes to be in the office. They're going to yep. complain about that. You go back in office. People enjoyed being remote. They're going to complain about that. Yep. I, I think to your point, nothing is going to be universally pleasing. The counter to that is like remaining flexible when it's needed on the employer side, but also on the employee side. Sure. So like if your point of wanting to work from home is, I don't know. I mean, if you didn't do it before, and not to say you shouldn't have access to something now, but is two days better than nothing? Or has your life changed so much? And maybe it has. Maybe you had a child or a life change or something where like now remote makes more sense. Sure. But I feel like there's also a lot of options now. On Then maybe that means you should work in a company that is more full remote or that is more enough. Right. It's like I think I think sometimes we're looking for existing institutions to change when maybe we need to change the institutions we we kind of engage with. Right. Right. I so. agree. I agree. Been spending 20 minutes on talking about, you know, motivating your employees and the, this, the out of just as a wrap, I mean, we, we, you know, obviously health insurance is, is important and, you know, retirement plans are important, but we've been talking about flexibility and would you as an employee and also as somebody who works all the time with small businesses and small commercial customers, um, would you agree that flexibility 
is has now become the type of what do you want to call it a benefit or a perk, but something that every employer has to have along with health insurance and retirement. It's that important now. I think so. I mean, and I even look at those as subject to it, right? So yeah. I think when you're thinking about kind of your your employee strategy more broadly, it is figuring out where you can meet them and where they can meet you. Right. right. And that might look like to some people, supplemental benefits might be much, much more more important now than they were maybe six years ago when it was like, hey, do you have a ping pong table in your office? Right. 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 Because the notion of beanbag chairs, I think right. those were popular. <laughs> <laughs> I need more of a notion of certainty. Right? Yeah. Like I want accident insurance. I want, you know, something for hospital, you know, injury or I want additional flexibility with my 401k. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of things now where I think it, to me, the conversation would be to go back to all of your vendors, your providers and say, is there a range of things so people can kind of build packages and, and platforms that are right for them? And that doesn't mean you have to pay for them, right? That can be things that come at supplemental costs. Those can be things that just give people the access to the tools that they might want. Right. But really making sure that you understand what those are and kind of communicating them with you. But I think, you know, the great thing about that is we all, if we're worrying about retaining and motivating employees, we probably have them. So we could ask them, like, what is it that you need to stay motivated? And, um, how, how can we play a role in that? Right. Cause most people will tell you how to make their life better and easier if you ask them. That was John A.D. Curtis. My name is Gene Martz. You've been listening to the Hartford Small Biz Ahead podcast. Thanks everybody for joining us. If you need any advice or tips or help running your business, visit us at smallbizahead.com or sba.thehartford.com. And we'll see you again soon. Take care. 